We are going to look at the topic that's spiritual disorientations. And the text will be taken from 1 Samuel chapter 26. Prior to our sabbatical leave, seemingly sabbatical leave on this passage, on this uh, very book, we had completed in, uh, chapter 24. And up to that point, we have seen King Saul's extraordinary rise to power and his consistent disobedience. We have equally seen how God rejected him and anointed David. And abandoned by God, Saul quickly lost his courage, became jealous of David. On the other hand, we have seen the continuous rising of David's profile and the popularity as he grew from strength to strength, both in victories over the enemies of the Israelites, as well as the gracious conduct within and without the palace. We also saw growing fears, insecurity, hatred, envies, persecution, as well as death threat from Saul towards David. In chapter 21, we saw David become fugitive and Saul subsequently ordering the killing of the priests. In chapter 24, he sought to kill David, and he was told, as he was told that David is in the wilderness of Engedi. He took 3,000 chosen men from Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rock of wild goats. In so doing, he exposed his vulnerability, but David spared his life. Last Sunday, Brian took us through chapter 25 as we learned about the death of Samuel. He also highlighted, compared, and contrasted the two very opposite characters that happened to marry each other, Nabal and Abigail. One extremely wicked and foolish, the other extremely nice and wise. In the end, we were encouraged to be wise and to always intercede for one another in prayer, to stand in the gap and to avoid what he described as spiritual foolishness. This morning we'll continue from chapter 26. Before we start, Father Lord, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity for us to gather here. My Lord and my God, I pray as your word is coming out, let, it, let me you speak directly to your people that they may understand. Blessed be your name. Amen. So go with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 26. First Samuel. Chapter 26, verse 1 says, Now the Zephites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding in the hill of Hakila, opposite Jeshman? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him, 
to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped in the hill of Hakila, which is opposite Jeshmon, by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had indeed come. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay. And Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Now Saul lay with the camp, lay within the camp with the people and camped around him. Then David answered and said to Amalek, the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Zerah, brother Job, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp, with his spear struck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God had delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now therefore, please, let me strike him at once with despair, right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hands against the Lord's anointed. But please, take now despair and the jug of water that are by his head, and let us go. So David took despair and the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got away, and no man saw or knew or knew it or awoke, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord has fallen on them. Now David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great distance, being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not gathered your Lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your Lord, the king. These things that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die, because you have not gathered your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is, and the jug of water that was by his head. Then Saul knew David's voice, and said, Is that your voice, my, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, Why does my Lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done, or what evil is in my hand? Now therefore, please, 
Let my Lord the King hear the word of his servant. If the Lord has stay, up, stay you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me out of these days from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. So now, do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious, my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, here is the king's spear. Let one of your young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteous, righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord deliver you into my hand today, but I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulations. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. Praise the Lord. Spiritual disorientation. For us to make sense of all this, we need to understand the meaning of disorientation. And by description, it is the condition of having lost one's sense of direction. It is a state of mental confusion. Disorientation is an altered mental state. A person who is disoriented <clears throat> may not know their location and their identity, or the time and date. In aviation industry, there is what is called spatial disorientation. This occurs when pilots are in bad weather, where all visibility is lost, they can no longer use their vision to determine their orientation. The vestibular system, the organs of balance in the ears, can give the pilot a feeling of being level when he or she is actually banking on or descending or vice versa. The name of this phenomenon is called spatial disorientation. The pilot may radio to the control tower that he was about to ascend out of the heavy fog. But instead of ascending, he banked left and descended. This was likely because his sense deceived him 
causing him to believe that down was up. When he broke out of the heavy fog, it may be too late, and the chopper may crash into the hillside with a disastrous consequences. This is something that we experience on daily basis, but it might not be uh, defect, might determine. I'll give you an instance. There was a day I was, um, I had a passenger. This guy, I've not been to that area. This is not, not outside Dublin. So he was just kind of directing me, go this way, go this way, go, because it's kind of, you know, the area. So by the time I do those things, I was not walking by my own um, instincts. It's just he was directing me, go here, go there, go there. So I couldn't, like, on coming back to trace the way we go, I couldn't. So in the end, I decided to rely on my own instinct. Like, this is the direction. I headed that direction. So I just followed him. At the end of the day, I came back to Malahide Road, but I could not recognize this is the place I used to drive. Like, I couldn't recognize that that was Malahide Road. I keep on driving. Somehow, until I came to one roundabout that was very, very familiar, and I look at this, it was Malahide. But the thing is that I was going towards Malahide instead of heading back to the city. Because I could not at that point determine where I was. That was um, disorientation. And it can happen to anybody, anytime, anywhere. So this is exactly what is um, this partial orientation, for instance, that is in the um, aviation industry. This is the term they use when they are confused. All the, when, they are, when they can no longer rely on their own senses of direction. So they, at the end of the day, there will, you know, a lot of mistakes and uh, if care is not taking taken, it ended up in a disaster. Then on the other hand, which one that we are concerned today is the spiritual disorientation. Spiritual disorientation, just the same thing, but it is losing sight of God. Losing sight of God. When we lose sight of God, we are vulnerable and unable to discern what is right or wrong, which way is up or down, or even if we are moving or motionless. When we are not connected to God, when we are not in line, in tune with the Word of God, we are disoriented. We don't even know we can no longer understand whether we are getting it right or wrong. Go with, um, go with me to the, the same book, first of uh, First Samuel, chapter sixteen. Just flip back to chapter sixteen. From verse 14, 
14 and 16 actually. It says, a distressing spirit troubles Saul. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit is from God, from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servant who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And, let, and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. We can recount when, uh, in the course of this his disobedience, God, the spirit of God departed from Saul. And when this spirit of when, when God's spirit departed from him, this distressing spirit now descended on him, and he was no longer what he used to be. He was no longer the king that the people knew, the king that has good thoughts for his people, the king that had the interest of Israelites at heart, the king that wants to take them to a higher level. He was no longer that. Why? Because he was no longer in tune with the Lord. He's no longer connected. And that is disorientation. He became disorientated because he was disobedient. It can happen to any leader. It can happen to anybody. It's not exclusively for King Saul. Even in our homes, men are called to be the leader, to be the spiritual leaders of their homes. If you are not in tune with the Word of God, you are disoriented and you cannot be that father that you have to be. You cannot be that man that God puts you in that family. And you can no longer have that vision to lead your family. In the wider context, you can no longer be that person that God placed to lead the church forward when you are spiritually disoriented. This is the problems we have with our leaders, the government. I have never seen any, pers any person, any leader that has no vision. They all have visions. They come with their you know, promises. And these are something that they intend to do. But once they get to the office, you find out that they are disconnected. And when they are disconnected, those visions, those plans, are no longer, they no longer think about them. Or even if they remember them, it's no longer something they want to waste their time on. Spiritual disorientation. It is a very, very dangerous state to be. And we should guard against it.
According to one commentator, just as the pilot sense, just as the pilot senses can deceive him or her, our hearts can deceive us. We can become spiritually disoriented. The Bible teaches us not to trust in ourselves. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Why? Because we are naturally hostile to God's way, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 7. And our hearts, our hearts are desperately wicked, Jeremiah 17, 9. How did our heart get to this way? Get this way. It began in the Garden of Eden. In the garden, God planted two special trees, one called the tree of life and the other called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. God gave Adam and Eve a very basic instruction. Do not eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These two trees represent two ways of life, obedience leading to eternal life and disobedience leading to death. And just as the pilot heart can deceive him, our hearts can deceive us and we can become spiritually disoriented. But after hearing the deceptive words of the serpent, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. And she took of this fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 6. Instead of acting on the instruction of God, the instruction God had given them, Eve trusted her senses. Eve, even though she knew what God had commanded, she ate it because her eyes deceived her. It was good to her. When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruits, their eyes became open to Satan and close to God. Instead of trusting God, most of us has continued to live in the spiritual blindness and has trusted Satan, Satan's distorted perspective. That was the very condition King Saul found himself, a very dangerous condition. It is a condition we can equally find ourselves when we lose sight of Christ. When we rely on our natural instincts, when we rely on our strengths, when we trust man rather than God, when we put Christ aside, when all our focus is on what we can get and not what we can give, it is a very, very dangerous situation for anybody.
as the pilot lost visibility on a foggy day, he need to trust his instrument to navigate. He need to trust this instrument to navigate him out of this dangerous situation. They can teach us, or rather this can teach us, that we need to trust in God, in God's words, to navigate us out of the darkness of this world. The state of disobedience, which our world is, is described as darkness, as the book of Isaiah 60 says, Isaiah 60 verse 2. Most people living in this dark world don't know where they are going spiritually. They are spiritually disoriented. Jesus Christ came into this world as a great light that shines in the dark world. He shows us the way out of the darkness. When God calls us, our eyes are spiritually open. Instead of living in darkness, we can become light to this world. Saul trusted in his informers and his military commander rather than the living God. If we go back to um, verse 12, chapter 26, our main text, Verse 1, it says, Now the Zephites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding in the hill of Hakila, opposite Jezreel? I think at that point, I don't know, maybe he was not busy. He was no longer interested, you know, do, uh, carrying the affairs of the, of the Israelites. He has a lot of time to himself. Maybe the enemies were a little bit relaxed, so things were easy, that he was just sitting, and these guys came and told him, David is hiding there. Already he has this number of 3,000 men already, and he assembled, assembled them. All of them, they went after David. He has no job. He was bored, and he wanted to do something. He could have been busy if he was in tune with the Word of God. He wouldn't have such a huge resources being wasted for just one single person that he perceived as his enemy, David. He wasted, if he's here, they'll say you're wasting taxpayers' money <laughs> because those guys are being paid. I don't think they were doing that for free. So he has them, 3,000 already. So if anybody say David is here, he will just grab them, they will rush and see to, you know, to, to get David. And David was not his enemy at all. Sometimes in life you can look at somebody and say, this is, or, this is my enemy. But that person actually don't even know that he is your enemy or she is your enemy. We should guard against this. When we are tuned to the word of God, we will be directed. We will have sense of direction. 
in our dealings with our fellow men or women, they will show that love, will show that kindness, that caring. But when we are not tuning, when we are disoriented, everybody becomes enemy. We read unnecessary meanings into a very plain issues. We look at innocent mistakes as a big crime. We condemn, we judge when we should not. In the end, our judgment would not be correct. So in all, if you look at all this, this guy, this soul, this soul was completely out of control. He wasn't what the people saw in the first place. There is no mistake when God chose him, God knew that he would not stand, but this is right from the beginning, remember, he was the people's choice, not God's choice. And remember he came, God, he became a king because the people, the children of Israel at that point wanted a king like every other nation. They wanted their independence from God. And this is the best they could get. God gave them what they wanted. And remember, God created us and he gave us choices. We are free to make what choices, but depending on the choice we make. Sometimes it can be disastrous, especially when we are not in tune with God. He was no longer in control. So we should not rely on our physical abilities but the word of God. When we are guided by God and his word, he will never, we will never experience spiritual disorientation. May God bless and direct us as he renew his presence in our individual lives. Father, Lord, I thank you for this word that you have. Father, as you have spoken to your people, I pray that we will be in tune with you, that you draw us closer to thee, O Lord, that you do not cast us away, nor take away your Holy Spirit from us. We pray, Father, that you continue to be with us. Guide us in every step we take, even in every breath that we take. Let it be according to your pattern, O Lord. Guide us, bless us, give us strength, give us wisdom. For you are the source of all this. Blessed be your name. Amen.